Hello, and thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. It's Monday, the 14th of November. I hope you had a really good weekend and a good Sunday in church. We are in a new psalm today. We've been going through the book of Psalms on and off for a while now, and I'm just enjoying it. Psalm 28 today. We did Psalm 27 last week, Psalm 28 today. And I just love doing this. I have before me, if you can picture the scene, I have an open Bible, I have a little table, laptop, and I don't know what to call them, maybe show notes, but it's just scrawls with my marker pen on a legal pad of what I'm going to say and notes from the verses that we'll look through today. And it just does my heart good. This is outside of my regular Bible reading that I do this, and I appreciate you listening, and I only do it because it's a blessing, but it also helps me to get in here and really study the Psalms. Psalms, it's just, it's just a blessing to anybody. The milk of the Word of God is what grows a Christian, and the meat's here, and it's just encouraging. The book of Psalms is a blessing. The whole Bible is good. Psalm 28 today, David wrote this psalm. And as he wrote many of the Psalms, the occasion for this particular Psalm is not known. And you can kind of pick up when you read, I'll read the whole chapter and we'll really look at the first two verses in detail today. But David is praying, obviously, and it's something that he really needs to have happen. He's praying and he seems to be in in a bit of a distress. I read some different viewpoints on this chapter. Some people see it as he is in in very much distress, and I can see that. Really urgent prayer. Well, you tell me what you think. Psalm 28, I'll begin reading verse number one, if you'd like to follow along, if you're able. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications, when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked and with the workers of iniquity, which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds and according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands. Render to them their desert. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he shall destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord, because he hath heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him, and I am helped. Therefore my heart greatly rejoiceth, and with my song will I praise him. The Lord is their strength, and he is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people, and bless thine inheritance. Feed them also, and lift them up forever. So you see that while the, the chapter, the psalm, does begin in an urgent, uh, desperate way, it, it really ends on an encouraging, assured, positive note, as the psalms do. And so, verse number one, he says, Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. So he's addressing the Lord, Lord, all capital letters, we remember that is Jehovah, his covenant name, the God who keeps his promises. That's how he's addressed here regularly. And to thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. 
And I love that description of the Lord, that name for God, our rock. He's mighty. God is our refuge. God is immovable. God is strong. He's constant. He is my rock. And while I am weakness personified, and I'm faulty, and you really can't rely on any person, you can't rely on on uh, a business to stay around forever, you can't rely on a country to stay uh, pure and really um, uh, pay its bills forever and really stay in power forever. You can't. You look at history, you just can't. And while things come and go, uh, God does not change. Lord Jesus Christ does not change. He is our constant. And you are weak. You're faulty. You can't be relied upon all the time, every time. But you can be planted right on the rock. And David is, you can tell here, maybe running. Some people say this is one of the Psalms one of maybe a few, when he was running from Absalom, no way to know for sure. But David could have seen here his kingdom being taken away from him, people that he once trusted in turning their backs on him. But he said, unto thee, O Lord, will I cry, my rock, O Lord, my rock. And you could have different things in life go on, things that you thought were stable situations, people, but uh, no, nobody is 100% of the time. We understand that. Neither are you. But in times of frustration and desperation, you can always turn to the Lord who is, who must be your, who is our rock. He's our rock. He says, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Now, silent means like a mute person, somebody who can't talk. He's saying, don't be a deaf person to me. Deafness and dumbness usually accompany one another, dumbness being not, not able to speak. And David is saying, as I'm praying, God, don't be in your response as a deaf and a mute person. He's saying, don't ignore me or seem to ignore me. And I really like that because that is exactly what happens to us. I like how real the whole Bible is, how real the Bible characters are, how real their prayers are. Somebody has said this perhaps is a continuation of the previous psalm. And if you remember the last verse of Psalm 27, a great verse that you've probably heard even before this podcast, and maybe you've heard a message on it, wait on the Lord, be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Oh, that's good. That's encouraging. We're going to wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. All right, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Wait on his timing. The next verse, Psalm 28, verse 1. Unto thee will I cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. He's saying that it seems like, God, I'm praying and you're not answering. And that happens to us. We pray, we're waiting, no answer. Okay, Lord, I'm ready for your answer. And we get a little impatient. Of course we do. And he's saying, if thou be silent to me, if you don't listen, if you don't answer, I become like them that go down into the pit. What that means is it's synonymous for the grave, them that go down into the pit. They're on that side of eternity. Without fellowship with God, he could be saying, 
My Life is Pointless. So this is a book of uh, poetry, officially classified, five books of poetry, the Job, Psalm, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. And so there's a lot of figurative language in the poetic books. But there's also, uh, in addition to the figurative language, there's a lot of literal language. And he could be saying that, God, if you don't have fellowship with me, I might as well be dead. But he could also uh, be saying that if you don't answer me, I'm going to die because this is a real life-threatening situation. So either way, he has an urgent prayer here. Verse number two, hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift my hands toward thy holy oracle. Now that word oracle probably jumps out to you because you don't really use that word very often. The word oracle in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, it means a little bit different thing, but when I tell you what it means, you'll see how it really sort of means the same thing. But oracle in the Old Testament was the most holy place in the temple. All the time it means that, except for one place, and that is in 2 Samuel 16, 23, where it means the word of God. In the New Testament, it means every time, uh, unless it's obvious and it means the temple, it means the word of God, the scriptures. Romans 3, 2, Hebrews 5, 12, other places. Uh, one of the places, I don't have it written down here, forgive me for paraphrasing, but if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God, meaning that when you go to preach, when you go to uh, speak about the Lord, let it be authoritative, let it be accurate and true, let it be from the Word of God. Present the Word of God accurately. That's a challenge for preaching, a challenge for you and I. When we tell other people about the Lord, make sure you're telling them straight truth, and that comes from the oracle of God, the Word of God, the Scripture. What David means here, he's obviously in the Old Testament, David means here is the physical place in the tabernacle where God met with man, the holy of holies. And so I'll read it again with that in mind for you. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands toward thy holy oracle. It means that he wanted to meet with God. He wanted to know the will of God. He wanted to know the truth. He wanted an answer. And today you can meet with God just like David desired. You can get an answer just like David wanted. Anytime you can, as it were, walk into the Holy of Holies. How? With an open word of God. And as a believer, the Holy Spirit illuminating that scripture for you. You can have his will revealed. You can hear his message when you open the Bible and hear from the Lord. And God wants to reveal himself to you. Sometimes it feels like when we pray, God doesn't answer in our timing. In fact, I, I don't know, it was seldom do I feel like God answered right away, just in the right time that I thought. It, 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 it seems like that uh, he's God and I'm just a puny human, <laughs> typically when he answers. Because when he answers, I always see how it was much better than what I was asking. And just because God doesn't seem like he's answering right away and not as urgently, not as panicked as you and I are, go ahead and keep asking because God is not deaf. God is not mute. He is listening and he always does what's best and always does what is right. 
Jesus said, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For every one that asketh, receiveth. And he that seeketh, findeth. And to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you, he says, whom if his son ask bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he ask a fish, will he give him a serpent? If ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask him? God's not stringing us along, trying to torment us. He's always doing what is best. There are lots of reasons why God might not answer right away. Lots. And we don't have time to get into them today. But know that God is always right. and He's full of grace. And what he does is best for the situation, best for us. So Hebrews 4.16, we read, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I'll tell you this, when you go to the Lord, I, t- I can promise you what you will always get. You'll always get grace and mercy for the situation. Always. Always. You might not get exactly what you're asking for, and you might not get it exactly when, but you will always get grace sufficient and mercy to find grace and help in time of need. First John 5, 14 and 15 says, And this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Today, you're praying, you're going through something, you don't feel like God is listening, whatever you may be facing today, there are times we might feel like God's not listening, but keep praying. He promises to answer, and he'll always do what is best as a loving Heavenly Father according to his will.